It's time for Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Live from the legendary Sports 56 studios at Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Greetings and salutations. We are live from high atop Mount Moriah here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to Cerrito Live. I'm your host, Kevin Cerrito. On the other side of the glass, C.J. Hurt, the king of crunch, the king of the worst question ever, according to Steph Curry, on the other side of the glass. C.J., it's funny when I'm uh, when uh, my girlfriend Tamara references your question. I can't remember what it was this week, but she was like, that question was pretty bad, almost as bad as C.J.'s. <laughs> <laughs> I got other questions in my mind. That are worse than that one. All right. Well, we've got an action-packed edition of the show today. We have three hours, three hours today uh, on Cerrito Live. So we'll be going off at two. Our third hour today will be all wrestling talk. We'll be joined by Dustin Starr, who joins us every week in our final segment. Be here with us for the final hour today. Uh, We'll be joined by a legendary professional wrestling manager, James E. Cornett. James E. Cornett will join us to talk about what's going on with him and with, of course, the current state of pro wrestling. Because, man, everybody is injured in the wrestling world. But we'll talk about that with James E. Cornette. There's also a local wrestler who who uh, has a viral video out there uh, that's had millions and millions and millions of hits. Been picked up by everybody uh, because he's dancing in the background with his daughters or something. His daughters are, like, doing a video in the kitchen like dancing and he comes in and starts dancing and he's so much better than his daughters they have no idea he's behind them uh what's the name of the dance that he was doing do you know uh you know i can't remember i do believe he was whipping in nene i think he was he was whipping in nene how can you not know the name of that dance because i I watched it last week i haven't watched it since and i do have it pulled up because i was like yeah here we go yeah watch me whip nene so watch me is the name of the song though cj you don't even know that everybody just calls it the whipping nene song though they do they do they do Anyway, so he he's going to join us for for a minute to talk about being a viral uh, video star, and we'll also preview the pro wrestling trivia rumble, which is happening on Thursday at the Green Beetle. Uh, in advance of the Royal Rumble, it is the trivia rumble this Thursday at the Green Beetle. So that's hour number three and hour number two. Holly Whitfield from the I Love Memphis blog joins us every month. She is my podcast co-host. She will join us. And here's the thing, CJ. What happened in the past couple weeks here in Memphis? It got cold, right? Finally got cold. Finally got cold. Cold enough for me to turn my heat on. You didn't have your heat on until when? Like last Wednesday. Man, this man, you are on a budget. Uh, Last Wednesday. So it is cold now. And so Holly's going to have some things you can do inside in Memphis. I'm like, here's some, you know, now it's cold outside. Here's a, a guide to, you know, surviving the winter here. We're going to have at least, right, we've got probably two full more months of cold weather uh, before it's going to warm up. And it's not going to warm up probably because it came, it starts so late. I'm just, I'm, hey, I'm no Joey Selapak, but. It should warm up in March, shouldn't it? Yeah, it will. But that'd be like mid-March. We still, you know, it's the middle of January. Probably got two full months. So what can you do in the cold weather in Memphis? We'll talk about that with Holly. Uh, that's uh, about 12.20 today. And Greg Akers will be with us as well, Memphis's premier Oscarologist. We'll talk a little bit about the Oscar nominations that happened. But every uh, month, Greg Akers comes by, talks to us, and helps us cast a sports star or Memphian in a movie. And, of course, today it's only appropriate 
since the Grizzlies play the New York Knicks tonight at FedEx Forum, that we will cast the Derek Fisher, Matt Barnes motion picture. Who would play Derek Fisher in a movie? Who would play Matt Barnes in a movie if they made a movie about this saga that has been going on since the summertime and will finally culminate tonight at FedEx Forum? Hopefully, um... I, I doubt there much will happen. We'll talk to Kevin Leip, as always, as well, to see if something, if he thinks. Because I want to know, if you can only go to one game this weekend, are you going to Grizzlies-Knicks tonight, or are you going to go to the Martin Luther King Day game on Monday when they go against the Pelicans? Grizzlies have a better chance to win tonight's game than they do on Monday, or do they? they the Pelicans not as good as they used to be, but they've had the Grizzlies number either way, usually when they play them. So we'll talk to Kevin Leip in, uh, at around 1130 about all the happenings with the Memphis Grizzlies at noon. It's the second week of the 901 News Quiz, which we play every Saturday now. So at high noon, if you want to call in, 360-8255 and be a participant on the 901 News Quiz, you can. You can tweet at 901 News Quiz on Twitter, or you can uh, email your phone number to sharitalive at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at noon. But every week now at noon, we play the 901 News Quiz where we quiz a listener on... News stories from the week, and you win great prizes from our sponsor. The fun segment, we'll play that at noon today, but we start every week talking with Mr. Sweet T, Mr. Double underscore, Mr. Marcus Hunter. What's up, Hunter? Yo, 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 what's going on, Cerrito? How are you guys doing there in Memphis, Tennessee? We're doing terrific. It is a, it is a great day. It's a great day in the city of Memphis. Uh, actually, it's kind of it's warm today, actually. We were talking about how we're talking about things to do cold. It's, it's kind of warm out there. I'm assuming that uh, none of you guys are related to the folks up there who won the Powerball since you're still in studio today. Did you even play the Powerball, Kevin? I didn't. Of course I played the Powerball. Am I the only American who didn't play it? Probably. I mean, I played it, and there's not even a Powerball in Mississippi. I played it. Before before we go uh, any further, CJ, you haven't grabbed your smoothie yet, but our friends at Smoothie King have stopped by today. Oh, see, and, you know, another week when I'm not there. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. we've got a chocolate fantasy smoothie, and it's really good, CJ. You need to try this. You need to try this one. What's in it? Chocolate. That's enough for me. That's all I know. That's all it says on here is the name Chocolate Fantasy. I need to look up the ingredients. Why have you sample it and give everybody what else is in this smoothie from our friends at Smoothie King? Now with a location at the Wolf Chase Galleria. Uh, I stopped by that location when I was holiday shopping down there at the Wolf Chase. So it's a cool man. Wolf chases. They they got it going on. All right, Marcus, are you ready to get into some trending topics? Yes, sir. I am ready. All right, let's do trending topics. Trending topics. All right, these are topics trending from the week. We'll start with the one that goes furthest back. That is the SEC. Uh, once again, back on top in college football. Alabama continuing their dominance after taking a year off. And Alabama, the national champions. But is it really, and we kind of touched on this for a minute, because I am SEC homer, as big an SEC homer as you can get. This year we went into the game, it was to, they happened to be playing another Southern team, which how often does that happen, right? Another team from the South. So they were going against Clemson. So I was pulling for Clemson. I was like, I'm tired of this Alabama era because at some point it stops becoming the SEC being dominant and becomes Alabama being dominant. And really over the past few years, it's really just been Alabama being dominant and not the SEC. And until they start getting somebody else in that title game, 
I think I'm going to be, be cheering against Alabama to get in there. But, man, did we have an awesome game on Monday. So many things to love about that game. Reason number one to love it, it was not on New Year's Eve. That was my favorite part of the game. And number two, it was exciting all the way to the finish and had an unbelievable high-scoring fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, Crimson Crimson tied back on top. What are, what are your thoughts, Marcus, on the, the national championship once again back uh, in the Southeastern Conference? The SEC Network curse is over. You know, I, uh, I'm i happy that the uh, national championship is back with the SEC, obviously. I mean, yes, it is Alabama. But, uh, you know, at least it's back home where it belongs, and uh, it'll be with another SEC team probably next year because a lot of teams are getting closer and closer to Alabama. Uh, no, okay, okay. Well, who, that who, national who? championship away from them. Who? Tell me, because so I know the not... SEC was great this year. Are you saying Ole Miss? Because Ole Miss was the closest this year. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is getting better. Uh, LSU is getting better. Even Mississippi State is getting better. Florida, you know, they're getting better as well. Uh, Florida's going to have a good season next year. I'm interested to see what Tennessee does because Tennessee, I thought that Tennessee would win the East. I may have been one year too early. I think the Vols have a chance to win the East next year. So I think that Alabama is going to run into a lot of problems because teams, I mean, I mean, they're losing their most dominant weapon last year in their running back. So, they're not. I mean, they're going to be a good football team again next year. Don't get me wrong about that. But you're not going to have another running back like Henry, and so it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Alabama. So yeah, I mean, at least three teams, you know, on their heels. Yeah, Ole Miss, LSU, and Florida. Those are at least three teams that are you know nipping at Alabama's heels right now. I mean, maybe. Hopefully, hopefully, but. Um... Again, I I just want to I want to change I want to change as an SEC fan, and Clemson's one of those teams to me that always like you know they're never going to be in the SEC because of South Carolina won't you know ever let it happen, but they would be a team that would have been a perfect fit into the SEC at some point, and it was a great game it was a great national championship game Clemson proved that they deserve to be there Uh, you know and uh, Alabama I guess you know congratulations. To them, more importantly, congratulations to the Ole Miss Rebels for being the the uh, only team to defeat the national champions this year, and congratulations to the University of Memphis for beating the team that beat the champs. So, what you're saying is um, Alabama should be number one at the end of the season. Ole Miss should be number two, and Memphis should be number three. That's exactly what he's saying, Marcus. That's exactly. I'm saying we should be having a parade down. Hey, if John Calipari was the coach of the Memphis football team, we might be having a parade down Beale Street for this. <laughs> having that well, NIT, NIT parade that he had. Might as well have the parade for beating the team that beat the national champs, too. Hey, hey you know what any excuse for a parade. Yeah, any excuse to have a parade that you know there in the city of Memphis. Why not? People love parades. Speaking of former I mean, coach, can... think it, speaking of former coaches, let's go to the next trending topic. Trending topic. Marcus, I will send my condolences to you. I, I tweeted them um, earlier in the week, but Lionel Hollins was let go of his second job with the NBA in the past few years. He is no longer the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, did you text him or what? How did that go? How did it go down, you and your you? Because you are, for the listeners who don't know, you are the unofficial president of the unofficial Lionel Hollins fan club. Yes, all of this is unofficial because I don't know what you're talking about. But no, I, I haven't texted Coach. Um, it's, you know, I probably should have, but it's one of those things where I mean, he didn't get a fast shake because he he got that Brooklyn Nets team last year to the playoffs and they took Atlanta to a seven game series and that Nets team didn't have any talent on it. 
I mean, sure, they were playing in the East, but I think that it goes to show that he is a good coach and what he was able to do with a team that didn't have any talent. This year, they have even less talent on the roster. So I don't really think the team's record had much to do with Lionel Hollis as the coach. He's just a scapegoat. They don't have any talent. I mean, you can't win if you don't have players. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you that, like, it's, this is not like, even like, it seems both times Lionel has been, been pushed out the door at his jobs, he didn't really, it wasn't his fault. I mean, necessarily on the court that he was getting fired. Memphis, he got let go for more of his, of how he handled, uh, you know, working with his bosses. Here, he just ended up being in the wrong place because when he when he signed on to be the coach there, the team looked like it had a chance to try to compete. Right? They had signed all of those old guys and traded for all these old old guys, this all star type team uh, for the you know in Brooklyn. But 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 yeah, so he's he's out. I don't blame you know I don't you can't blame Lionel Hollins for. But how would it, how miserable would it be if you had a lousy team like they do in Brooklyn? And Lionel's your coach, and he's got his attitude at these press conferences. Like you just need to have a uh, somebody with a little more positive spirit, probably uh, coaching that team uh, through the seasons, because it's not a, it's not a place Lionel wants to be. And you know, so I'm surprised he he lasted this long. I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised he lasted this long because. I, you know, the, the Nets wanted an excuse to get rid of him last year, but it was kind of hard to do so when he got that crappy team to the playoffs. Right. So it was kind of hard to justify that. You know, and this year, I mean, you're right. Lyle Holland, he's never going to be the, you know, the rah-rah, you know, positive outlook when his team is losing a lot of games type of person. That's not who he is. That's not who he's going to be. But what okay. Lyle Holland is, is, in my opinion, a guy who's going to shoot strike with you, and I think he is a good and a very good basketball coach. He's, he's, and unfortunately, he's, he just hasn't really been given the fair shot uh, at the end of the day where he's been because he should have never gotten fired as the head coach of the Grizzlies. I mean, it's, it's like what San Francisco is dealing with right now. You fired Jim Harbaugh because you didn't like his attitude or, or you didn't like the way that he dealt with management. Now you have to fire the coach that you hired after him because that guy had no idea what he was doing. And now you got to find the, the, the guy you hired now basically has the same personality as the last guy, but you made that move because you just didn't like him. So sometimes when it gets to sports, you, you got to keep the personal stuff out of it. I know it's hard to do because it's supposed to be about winning and losing, but unfortunately, it turns into a lot of personal things when you get to upper management. Well, and that's with any job, though. You got to, you can't. Yeah, you know. yeah. Okay, but okay, so he's out. He's out. He's unemployed. He needs a new job. And then, so, of course, what what is going on in Memphis? What What is the natural reaction, of course, for Memphians and your friends, Marcus? Because I know you still got friends here. Because they, cause your friends here your friends here started a petition on PetitionBuzz.com to get Lionel Hollins as the next head coach for the University of Memphis Tigers. Yeah, that's not going to work. And here's the here's the description. As you know, here's the description of the petition. As you know, the Memphis Tiger basketball program has been on a roller coaster for the city. Has been a roller coaster for the city. I believe by bringing in former Memphis Grizzlies coach Lionel Hollins as head coach of Memphis Tigers basketball, the program will rise back to the days when John Calipari was coach. Top recruits from all over the over. Oh man, this guy's got like typos on her. All over the wood wood instead of world uh, would want to play. For a, a well and well seasoned NBA veteran coach, holy mackerel! This guy, I'm just. I think he this. he means all over the world. 
I think he does, but got to get a coach who's well known all over the world, man. You gotta, you gotta get your, you gotta like, uh, if you're gonna start a petition, don't get all this these uh, typos in here. Anyway, he's got 644 signatures. Can you believe that? 644. Marcus, 644 people have signed it. Yeah, 644 signatures to try to get Lionel Hollins. Do you think he'd be a good fit? You are Mr. Lionel Hollins. If there's anybody you can convince uh, anyone that Lionel Hollins should be uh, the coach somewhere, should, he, should would he be a good fit at the University of Memphis? No, he'd be a good fit with the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, the people who the people who wanted him out are no longer there anymore. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I seriously doubt Lionel Hollins would go back to the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, because Chris Wallace was his boy, and Chris Wallace is in control of everything now. So, I mean, the the only way Lionel Hollins comes back to Memphis is to just hang out at his home that I'm sure he still has in Memphis. He's not coming back to coach the Memphis Tigers. Can you see Lionel Hollis out on the recruiting trail? No, I couldn't see that. I mean, would he be a good basketball coach for the team? I think he'd be a good coach, but I don't think that that's something that he would right. want to do, go to coaching college basketball. I just couldn't see that. It would be a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Yeah. We'll go to the next trending topic. Trending topic. Speaking of the University of Memphis, the Big 12 uh, got approval to have a championship game with 10 teams this week, which means they're probably not going to expand and add the University of Memphis and the University of Cincinnati or whoever we thought they were. That was the the big hope uh, for Memphis fans to get into one of these Power 5 conferences that the Big 12 would have to expand and actually live up to their name and have 12 teams in their conference. But they got approval to have a championship game with 10 teams, which I've been saying for years makes sense. They should be able to have a championship game with as many teams as they want. Like the idea that there's a difference between 12 and 10 teams is absurd. Uh, and that, so I, I guess the NC2A also finally you know, realized that as well. But you can have five teams, five teams, and have two of them play for the championship. I don't see what the deal was to begin with, why that was a rule. But they have now have the approval. Memphis, unfortunately, the victim of the common sense situation that's happened with NC2A. Yeah, I mean, it was a common sense situation. And you never know. I mean, they could still add uh, two teams in the future. It's not to say that they couldn't do that. It's just right now, they don't have to. And when you look at it, you had a lot of, uh, you know, big power and big money people in these conferences that have to play in this championship game. That's another opportunity for them to lose when the Big 12 did not have that new opportunity to lose. And then you had a Big 12 team get into the college football playoff this year. So, with that being said, you knew that something was going to have to change because everybody wants to feel like they are on an even playing field to get in the game. So it was either everybody has to play a championship game or nobody plays a championship game. And this was the right move by the NCAA. At the end of the day, it's about money, but hopefully the Memphis Tigers will be able to land in the Big 12 at some point in the future. And I think they will if their football team continues to play well. Either that or the AAC is going to be considered as one of you know you know they're going to go from the you know the big five or whatever to the big six you know the you know the six because I think the AAC is an up and coming conference and people are starting to really respect them. That's a pipe dream. That's just not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Why, why, why would that not happen? Because of the money, they're just not going to do anything. They're not going to bring anybody else in. Of that, they're not taking a big uh, amount of folks at one time. There's a chance that one or two more teams and schools can can find their way into the Power Five, but they're not going to just take uh, a, a group of schools and say, "Okay, now we're also going to start uh, sharing our money and stuff with you." It's just not going to happen. But 
But can Memphis still go to another conference? Yeah, you can still believe that could happen. This was like you were hoping that there's some stupid rule that the NC2A had about championship games was going to benefit you, uh, and the timing would have been perfect for uh, the University of Memphis if they did get denied and then they have to expand. But why do you want to go to a conference, the Big 12, that doesn't even like live up to it? It's like, come on, Big 12. They need to have 12 teams just because of their freaking name. Just because of your name. Yeah, you would think, yeah, you would just think get so. 12 I mean, teams. But I mean, but again, if you add twelve teams, if you add two more teams, then you're asking those ten already yeah. to start splitting their money. Which they they don't probably do. like the money they're getting now. Now that they've gone down to ten, and now that they've gone down to ten, and they can have that extra game, it's going to happen. But it's going to take probably four or five more years you before could, the Big Twelve they is could, actually having twelve teams. Right, and they have to make sure they add the do it for the right reasons. Like you know, if you do the, the Memphis TV market would be outstanding. Memphis always like if you looked at some of these. Like nobody watched these games on New Year's Eve, right? But like the Alabama game, the Alabama New Year's Eve game, like Memphis was number eight market. It was a top ten market for that. Like if you're looking at TV markets, Memphis is a pretty good college football market. And if you do add teams, you do get more games for your networks and your packages. There's more games because there's more teams. Going to be those teams are going to be playing their non-conference games and stuff. So. You're going to have more games, and so you can make money that way. So it's not a total like loss of splitting revenue. You want to know what the city of Memphis should do? I know this is this is going to sound really stupid. What the city of Memphis should build a new football stadium. No. And it should be a dome. It should be a dome football stadium. <laughs> and no, no did you no, say no, did you say you say this is going to sound real stupid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Continue. Be, build a dome football stadium in Memphis. And you'll eventually end up in one of the big boy conferences. And then you start having things like, I mean, I mean, you may start getting some real big games, national championship, you know, final fours in the city of Memphis. Because like you said, people in Memphis do watch television. It is a big media market. And I mean, that's what it's about these days anyway, building these stadiums and they will come. You build it, they would come. And I think that if you build it in Memphis, they would come. It, it, you know, everything that you want would happen. But, you know, that's not going to happen. Okay, uh, we'll go on to the next trending topic on that note. Trending topics. Well, the NFL the NFL playoffs are going on uh, right now. I believe all of our teams are still alive that we have predicted, right? And the, our Super Bowl teams are still in it. Uh, but the big NFL story that interests me this week, and it kind of goes back to your very stupid idea, Marcus, and that is the St. Louis Rams uh, going back home to Los Angeles. Um St. Louis still owes $100 million on their dome stadium that they built for the Rams to come there. Should the NFL pay that if they're going to let the Rams leave? Should they, shouldn't they? should there be just something like you can't leave the city if the city is still paying for the building that you played in? Or should the NFL pay for it, right? Isn't that good PR? They have $100 million. They're charging the Rams owner $500 million to relocate. Well, I mean, well, it, 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 it shouldn't be up to the NFL to pay that. It should be up to the St. Louis Rams to pay that. If their owner is willing to pay $500 million to relocate, then he should pay off the $100 million left on the stadium that he petitioned to be able to leave and leave a city and a franchise and a fan base without a team. I mean, now, like St. Louis, what do they have now? only thing they have are the Cardinals and they have the St. Louis Blues, but I mean, who wants to talk to St. Louis? But they I mean, now they, they have like nothing. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I I hated the news. I was thinking to myself, if you're going to let anybody leave, let Oakland go to L.A. and let it be Oakland and San Diego. Keep the two California teams in California. 
and leave St. Louis with their team because, I mean, I, I guess you still have, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs in Missouri as well, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of I mean, tough. You rank the teams on, like, which one made the most sense to move there. Maybe the Raiders was it because the Raiders used to be – they were there at some point in time, and it's California, and there's a team right across the bay. Uh, in, in, well, it's not really in San Francisco. Where is it at? Somewhere out there? Uh, hard yeah, to get Santa to. Clara. Yeah, oh. yeah, Santa Clara. But San Francisco and Oakland are basically right. the same city. Home, home of the Super Bowl next year. Super Bowl 50. Yeah. Super Bowl L. This year's Super Bowl, yeah. Of course they're doing Super Bowl L in San Francisco, Mark. Uh, the, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so Oakland probably made the most sense. But second most sense was St. Louis because St. Louis also played there before. Doesn't that soften the blow a little bit if a team relocates? Like, St. Louis stole the team from Los Angeles to begin with, and now they're going back to Los Angeles. So you can't feel going, going, can't back, feel so back, bad to our neighbors, Cali, Cali. our neighbors up north in, in in St. Louis. San Diego is going to be the hard one. San Diego, that is their team. That is their like St. Louis. They love the Cardinals. That is their team. Uh, San Diego, yeah, they got the Padres, but their team, like that that Chargers team, is like a big part of like their community and their identity. Uh, so that's going to be a tough one if they do end up still still moving up there. But this is okay. But look at it like this: the Grizzlies, if they went back to Vancouver, would it soften the blow? I think at least if Vancouver was the one place they went, if they ended up moving back to Vancouver. I say we wouldn't be able to to say anything about. It. I think there is something about stealing a team and then the team going back to that city. But if the team goes to another city. To me, it's worse. The problem with this scenario is that this owner, this guy's a Missourian, right? Uh, who's moving the team. This guy's from Missouri and moving the team to Los Angeles. He's not making Los Angeles pay for an arena. You know, the Rams, like the whole idea of the city paying for an arena and that they still got to pay for this dome, which you don't, you barely used your dome when you build it. Like you want to Memphis build a football stadium, Mark, because you know how absurd that is? You never use it. You use it for, for eight games a year and you use it for like, two preseason games that nobody wants to go to. And then if you're lucky, you get one or two concerts. That's if you're lucky, you get one or two concerts. So you're going to build this hundreds of millions of dollars, probably billion dollar now, right? That's how much it's going to cost in LA to build this football stadium. They're going to use 10 days out of the year, maximum 12 days. That's absurd. Well, well if, if you're the city of Memphis, you can get much more use out of it than that. I mean, there's a lot of no, you can't. coming because I mean, I can't. think that you could. How? Do it. Look, look it up. What you have the Southern Heritage Classic there, and you have the Liberty Bowl there. But like, you're talking 14 days. That's it. You can't. You look it up. They don't have concerts and stadiums like you think they do, and there's no other use for it. Uh, it it's it's absurd. It's it's actually probably good that Memphis ended up not getting an NFL team uh, in in the 90s because we'd be having to build a new stadium again probably. Why don't the people of St. Louis just hit up Bass Pro and see if they are willing to? I don't know. Put a put a Bass Pro shop in that Coliseum they, Stadium. We don't want. Just, we don't want that. They're in Memphis. We don't want in Memphis. that. It's too close. We don't want that. We don't. It's like four hours away. Oh no, we do not want that. We do not want a Bass Pro inside the Edwards Jones Dome, the Bass Pro Dome. <laughs> they gonna have the Bass Pro Dome in St. Louis. That's probably too close to their big headquarters, which wherever it is in Missouri, like they have their their second biggest store in Missouri. I, I don't think the Bass Pro would would do that. But hey, that's a good idea. The alternate use. There is something very positive because I've been very reflective. I always am because I grew up in Memphis when it was you know our pro sport was professional wrestling with Jerry Lawler and. To finally get a pro team in Memphis in the 90s, trying so hard to get a professional team, and they were bidding with cities like St. Louis, 
you know, there was St. Louis, there was Baltimore, there was Jacksonville, there was Charlotte, and there were Memphis. Those were your final five cities. And until this week, four of those five cities had an NFL team by the end of the 1990s, and Memphis was the only one left out of it. Uh, and St. Louis now rejoins us as being a city without a team. But you look at, was it better long-term for Memphis to get a basketball team instead of a football team? At least your basketball arena is something you can use any day of the year for something. And yeah. if you're going to have to put money up to it, you can use it You can use it so many more days. So FedEx form uh, being there, uh, much better than what would have been FedEx field at the time before the Washington football team. Uh, got Fred Smith jumped up there, you know. After after uh, we we failed our bid here to get a pro team in Memphis. So St. Louis, welcome back to being uh, one of the cities that should have a NFL team that doesn't have an NFL team. But uh, all right, that hey, do- I what? hate it because you know that you know now no more um, easy trip to St. Louis to see a 49ers game. Even though I haven't made one yet, I was planning on it soon, but that's not going to happen. You still are close to Atlanta, Nashville, New Orleans. But, yeah, yeah, New Orleans. You know, I, I have gone to see them play in New Orleans in Atlanta. So, all right, Marcus, uh, that does it for trending topics. We didn't get to talk about uh, Jeff Green getting benched or Mario Chalmers finally hitting uh, buzzer oh, beater uh, for yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies. But we'll talk about that with Kevin Light uh, from the Memphis Flyer next. Marcus, we will talk to you next Saturday, same time, same place. All right, fellas, be good and uh, holla back. All right, everybody follow Marcus at Marcus underscore underscore Hunter on Twitter and on Instagram. We'll be right back with Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. You're listening to Serena Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. We are Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Take us anywhere you go. Download the Sports 56 app for your smartphone or tablet. Only from Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Heaven Ward Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee has a full-time opening for a market research analyst. Duties include researching market conditions in domestic or international areas, collecting, analyzing, presenting, and reporting the market data, and gathering information on competitors and their methods of marketing and distributing. Working with sales and marketing staff in China and USA to understand and to document workflow for evaluation and optimization. Researching and proposing proper econometric and optimization methodologies. Coordinating and supporting the testing of models with QA engineer and user. By executing tests and providing results and supporting data. A bachelor degree in mathematics and statistics or foreign equivalent is required. Candidates must be fluent in Mandarin. Send resumes to Heavenward Incorporated. Attention Liang Hong, 790 Roehampton Court, Collierville, Tennessee, 38017. I got to tell you about a place that's 70,000 square feet big where family and fun come together. It's called Family Leisure. It's right at I-40 and Witten Road. Going north, it'll be on your right. This place is amazing. It's Family Leisure. Are you one of many Memphis area residents who suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weekday nights looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Well, actually, that would be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play trivia with Kevin Cerrito. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like, featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. Come see for yourself while Paul Ryburn's journal 
calls Kevin Cerrito, quote, a trivia master. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Warning, side effects may include weight prizes, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. Now play trivia with Kevin Cerrito in Overton Square at Swine House every Monday night from 8 to 10. On Broad Avenue at the Rec Room every Tuesday night from 8 to 10. Downtown at Tampa Tap every Wednesday night from 7 to 9. And on South Main at the Green Beetle every Thursday night from 8 to 10. I'm Holly Whitfield from the I Love Memphis blog. You can listen to me every month on Cerrito Live. Then go to ilovememphispodcast.com to listen to the I Love Memphis podcast, where Kevin and I interview interesting Memphians every month. You can follow me on Twitter, at I Love Memphis, or read my daily articles at ilovememphisblog.com for more Memphis love. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Ow! Yeah, but there's so many reasons. Like, you're comparing, like, would you rather have an NFL team or NBA team in your city if you had to pick one where St. Louis has a baseball team, a hockey team? But advantages. Like, you, as a city, and if you're having to, under this, this awful system that we live in where you have to pay for your own stadium or arena with taxpayer dollars, it's just better for the city to invest in a nice, high-quality arena that you can attract good concerts to. On the days that you don't have basketball games, that you can uh, obviously have a lot more games happen than just eight. You have forty-one, you know, forty-one home games. Here, here's my thing about the whole moving situation and trying to figure out who's going to pay that hundred million. As somebody who lives in an apartment and rents, you know, if you move out, you've got to pay like that month's rent and you lose your deposit, and then there's usually a fee for breaking your lease as well, and right. so. The Rams are breaking their lease, so they should have to pay well, they're te- something. Technically, the contract they're abiding by the contract because if the Rams, if the Rams went under a certain attendance threshold, that they could leave. That that was in the contract. Like if they were in the bottom tier of attendance, that they were allowed to leave. But of course, what you do, and that if you want to leave, what do you do? You put on uh, a lousy football team for ten years, and then so you make sure your attendance gets below that number, and then you can get out. You know. I wish my apartment complex worked that way. Like, if you don't live here x amount of hours out of the day, then you can just here. break the lease and nothing will happen. So I'm never home. Yeah, and hey, the the way the world works, billionaires have a, a major advantage over stuff. Like that's your whole story. Say you're telling your whole season. You can't afford to do, you know to do what these billionaires can afford it. And that's the worst part. That is the worst part um, of it all. But another advantage, hey, uh, NBA games are inside, so you don't have to worry about being outside in the cold. That's one thing that that uh, that I would not not uh, want to do to deal with. But thinking, speaking of being outside, it's a good day for smoothies today. Coming up on January thirtieth, uh, here's what. So I, you get, I got my note from Smoothie King. I said this was a chocolate fantasy smoothie. It's not. Chocolate Fantasy is that event that happens every year at the Oak Court Mall. I've been to it before. It's really cool. It benefits the National Kidney uh, Foundation of West Tennessee. That's Saturday, January 30th from 11 to 5. So we're talking two weeks uh, from today. It's at Oak Court Mall. Smoothie King will be up there uh, as a part of that, our friends at Smoothie King, because they do some awesome chocolate smoothies. So what is the name? We figured out the name of this. It's not called a Chocolate Fantasy. That's the event at Oak Court Mall on January 30th where Smoothie King will be at. But this is a chocolate Smoothie. It's, good. it's simply dark chocolate and strawberry smoothie. 
with dark chocolate and strawberries and it is pretty good like if you're looking for a a nice healthier dessert it's a good healthier dessert. go get it yeah try it and uh, check them out chocolate fantasy of course smoothie king all over uh the memphis area so every week in the 11 o'clock hour the grizzlies writer writer for the memphis flyer kevin leip joins us on the program and he joins us now no music whoops Uh oh. all right no music Leip. what's up <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not going to say anything else until we hear the music. All right, he's not going to say anything to the music, CJ. What do we have? No, it's fine. It's fine. That is but, so uh, ridiculous. We're having, we're having a live <laughs> All these weeks. Come on, like, help me out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, you know, um, I guess, I guess, I guess Mario Chalmers is uh, is a thing now, right? Uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I hope you're happy now, Light. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah, that made my weekend. Made uh, my Mar- weekend. Yeah, Mar- Mario Chalmers is a thing. I think when once the Grizzlies traded for Mario Chalmers, we were pondering on this show how long until he makes uh, a buzzer beater to win or send the Grizzlies into overtime, how long before he shows up at a Memphis Tiger basketball game. He's checked one of those two things off uh, now, but he's he's pretty much a true Memphian by not going to any of the Tiger basketball games because nobody's going to those games. So he's just, just doing what everybody else is doing on that. But how about well, that? to be fair, that's probably, the, uh, that's probably the one place in Memphis that he still probably shouldn't show up is a Tiger basketball game. Right, he shouldn't. But I, I, <laughs> I, 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 want, him to, I want him to be there. I wish this was you know, one of those years where the, the Tigers were awesome and, and all the Grizzlies players were going to the games and Mario showed up and just to see what the reaction would be. But he did hit a he did hit the winner on Thursday night against Detroit. Detroit, uh, an okay team, right? They're like seventh in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Detroit's pretty good this year. I I just um, they're so that was such a smart move to be able to pick up Mario Chalmers for what they gave up for him. Um, especially because you know we've kind of talked about Mike Conley and his health. You know he's going to get banged up at this point, and yes. uh, you know to be able to have Mario Chalmers be your backup and he won two rings as a starting point guard. Um, you know, I, I, you can argue that a lot of that was because of LeBron, but still, he started on that team. He played a lot of minutes for them, so he's 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 good. You know, uh, that's 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 way better than than most other teams' backup point guards. So that's that's a really um, it's a really fortunate uh, situation to be in. You know, you got a guy who can hit a game winning shot, score more than twenty points, and and just play really well. So I, I um, in, in a season of really kind of low points and questions about the players, questions about the coaching, questions about the front office. That was just that was a success all around to get Mario Chalmers here and then have him play as well as he's as he's been uh at, at with Conley out. I, I just think yeah, you can't um, you can't give him too much credit for that. That was that Look was awesome. at you being positive to start things today. <laughs> I'm so proud. This is uh but that's a good point though. You make a very good point. Like he is really be- like who would have thunk? Who would have thunk in the summertime that okay, come fast forward to January, you know, tell him what's the big positive about this season? Who and it's really Mario Chalmers, it really is. Like Gasol's struggling, Conley's still hurt and definitely struggling. Uh the one positive thing that nobody can dispute is that Mario Chalmers is on this team. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy. It's crazy to think about Memphis and their relationship with Mario Chalmers and now now he's a hero, you know. It's um, it's it's a good story, you know, even just from a narrative 
point. It's it's a good story. So. Yeah, we're we're not too far off from a Mario Chalmers Mount Rushmore head being given away at a Grizzlies game at some point. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> All right, Kevin Leib's joining us from the Flyer. Follow him at Flyer Grizzblog on Twitter. Read his stuff at memphisflyer.com. All right, so it's a big. It's been a big week for the Grizzlies. So uh, it's like they've been playing every other day, right? It's like every other day they've been playing for like a week. Yeah, and that can- yeah, that's through Monday. It's the biggest home stand of the season. Six games in eleven days every other day. Every other day. So they're back at it tonight. Uh, it's the big Matt Barnes versus Derek Fisher matchup. We won't get too much into that. Uh, we do now because we're going to cast those two in the Derek Fisher versus Matt Barnes movie. It's going to be bigger than Superman versus Batman. It's going to be Fisher versus Barnes the movie. Uh, we're going to cast them in a movie a little bit later on. So you've got that storyline tonight. It's the Grizzlies take on the Knicks, and then Monday afternoon is MLK Day. Uh, we know there's an awesome halftime act you're excited about. Jalen Rose will be in attendance, among other folks, as the Grizzlies play the Pelicans. So if somebody had to decide between going to tonight's game or going to Monday's game, which one are you sending them to? Uh, Monday. I mean, I think the Martin Luther King Jr. Day game is kind of one of the. It's always one of the highlights of the Grizzlies season. Uh, it's 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 a unique thing that only the Grizzlies do. You know, they have the they have the um, the honorees and they have the symposium and and there's always a musical act and it's just it's a big day. It's a big thing that the Grizzlies organization does. Uh, something they take really seriously. I think it's a big thing for the city. I think. If you're going to go to one, that's the one to go to because that's that's just important. You know, it's a it's important to support um, when the team does good things, and that's pretty uh, indisputably a good thing. It's funny how the schedule has shaken up this year. Like the 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 way it's like been planned for the Grizzlies. It started out you had opening night combined with the LeBron game, right? And now you just happen to have Martin Luther King Day weekend, uh, a game that was not expected to be anticipated until uh, certain off-court confrontations in the game tonight uh, happening right with what is, without a doubt, the one game, yes, I would recommend Monday as well, the Martin Luther King Day game. There's nothing like it uh, in the city. It's uh, like Detroit um, on Thanksgiving with the Lions. You go see the Grizzlies play on Martin Luther King Day, and they just do such a great job, and, and they've got some great honorees this year, and I'm hooked on this halftime act. I've been playing, what's his name, Leon Griff- Griffin? No, he's the guy who used to be on yeah. Channel 13. What's his name? <laughs> Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges. I've been listening he's to his I've been playing in a trivia and stuff this week. Yeah, he's he's good. It's like, a, you know, it's kind of a throwback, uh, just really good soul music. He's good. All right, let's talk some about other Grizzlies uh, topics with you here. Um, so definitely recommended. It's going to be a fun weekend. I can't wait. I mean, it's very. I'll be at the forum tonight. I'll be there on Monday Monday afternoon. Uh, it's going to be a gonna fun weekend of basketball uh, for sure. But what's going on with Jeff Green? So he played in the Detroit game, right? Yeah, he did. Um, Zach Randolph started, but but Jeff played and played really well. And I kind of joked on Twitter that his agent must have called him and reminded him he was in a contract year. Um, <laughs> but you know, I just I think he he definitely had something to prove. You don't get benched in a game, and and if if you can't get motivated to play well by by getting benched, um, you know you gotta you gotta reexamine why you're a basketball player. Um, I, I think, um, you know, I think I think I think he earned his benching. You know, he was terrible in the first half against Houston. Uh, the effort was clearly not there. Um, guys have been frustrated with him on the court most of the time that he's been here. I mean, we talked about during the playoffs last year that, that Mike and, and Mark were just shoving Jeff Green into into his spot on defense like they used to do with Ed Davis, right? Um, right. This is not a new thing. These guys, I, I have always kind of contended that they, they don't like playing with 
And if you watch Jeff Green every night, like so many of us do, you see why. You know, he he has these big games. Uh, he he can do so many things, and he just doesn't. He just he lacks so much awareness. Um, and, and you know, the frustration just finally kind of boiled over. Um, I think I think Jaeger has been Jeff Green's biggest supporter uh, in the locker room for sure. Um, and and I think that he finally got to a point where Jeff was playing so badly that he was like, all right, I'm going to lose the rest of my team if I don't bench this guy. So, I, you know, I think he just kind of had to fall on his sword and send him to the bench. Um, and, and, you know, that was deserved. So for him to come back out in the Detroit game and, and play well, I wasn't surprised at all because, you know, he had to, he had to prove to his teammates, to everybody watching that, you know he can he can still play well. And if anything, he, he's he's got his own trade value and his own future contract to think about. Uh, and 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 if he you know does more damage to his own stock, um, he's he's not going to get the payday that maybe he was expecting. So I I think um, you right, know, I think Jaeger's got to continue to to bench him when he's not playing well. You know that's apparently that works. It looks like it works. Early results are, but like he if if it was that easy then why didn't it happen much earlier if that's what really needed to be done? Because like, you can't just, like, always flip a switch. Sometimes people are either good basketball players or they're not. And, like, you can't just yeah, well, like, think, say, I'm going to bench him and then he's going to play well. Yeah, well, that hasn't happened. Though. I mean, what kind of consequences has he faced for, for not playing that well? Well, Zach Randolph got moved out of the starting lineup because Jeff Green plays better without him, right? I mean, right. he hasn't he hasn't really had to... Um, to step up, you know, he's, he's been a contributor. He got moved to the starting lineup, um, you know, basically when he got here. And when the, that starting lineup was terrible with him and Courtney Lee, uh, <laughs> Zach Randolph's the one who got moved out of the starting lineup because of it. And meanwhile, everybody who watches this team has always maintained that he's better as a bench contributor, you know, like he should be your seventh guy. Um, but Jaeger doesn't see it that way. Um, I think I think the rest of the team sees it that way. Um, so yeah, I I, um, I don't know. It's a mess. Right. So the, well, okay, let's get into this. Is something because you're 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 off next week on the show, uh, and then in two weeks we have a, a, a short show. So you're off for like the next two weeks. So we won't talk again until like February the eighth. And there has talk has started again this week with Jeff Green getting benched. And the idea of what do you trade if you do end up trading Jeff Green? What do you want in return? And then it always goes back to, like, it seems in the NBA people think you have one choice. You can either A, blow the team up, um, or B, just start just start sucking. <laughs> um, like, it seems to be like those are the two things that the Grizzlies could can do right now. Is it possible? Like, do they have to blow the team up? Is there a way? And I'm just looking at the idea of, like, all right, we're doing lousy. Time to blow it up. But, like, does that get rid of Mark Gasol? Can you not figure out a way to move pieces around and still, even though Mark is struggling right now, and still bet on the future of a Mark Gasol team and a team with, with Mario Chalmers and, and Mark and whoever else uh, or your pieces that are playing well together? Is there not a way to not blow it up and start yeah, well, from I scratch? Think, yeah. I think that's what they're... I think that's what they're trying to do. I, honestly, I don't know what they're trying to do. But <laughs> if I were them, what I would do is, um, you know, uh, kind of what I've been saying. They have all these expiring deals. They just need to get something in return for them and go into next year with some young players who may or may not be good 
put them around Conley, put them around Gasol. You assume Conley's coming back. Um, free agency next this summer, uh, there are going to be some big-name guys, and they're going to be teams with a lot of money. Um, but if you try to hit it big in free agency this summer, you're probably going to do the classic Chris Wallace thing and overpay for somebody who is maybe a second-tier free agent. Um, and I, so I think I would be wary of free agency this summer, and I would try to trade for guys. Um, just, just try to get anything. You know, even if you trade for another guy on an expiring who you would like to sign this summer, you know, just anything. I think at this point, especially with Jeff Green, I think, I don't have any evidence for this, but I have to assume they've been calling about Jeff Green trade since he opted into his year of his contract this year. You know, they, they, ever since he picked up that option, I'm sure they've been trying to deal him somewhere. And I think they're probably just getting to the point that anybody who will take him, they're probably going to, they're probably going to get rid of him. Um, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think you can. I just don't, but without tough, trading the guys that they have, isn't I, it tough I don't know because, how to. like, if you look at this, they really lucked into this entire team that they have. Uh, they never, nobody besides Conley's was drafted. You, you kind of lucked into having the all-star and Mark Gasol and Zebo, your two all-stars. You kind of just lucked into that. Like, you're not going to be able to trade for another all-star. I mean, are you? You're going to have to get lucky and try to find somebody who is not considered a top talent who ends up being that. Uh, so otherwise, you you need draft picks. You need a, a top tier draft pick to get somebody who's going to be your other close to all star caliber player to play along with Marcus Saul. And well, they I don't have that. Bring... They don't have that. What? No, they don't have that. And I I think you can forget about them having that even next year. Um, just because of what we've seen, they they what are they going to do? You know. So, I think yeah. I think the plan if and this is this would be my three year plan if I were. Michael Heisley <laughs> making three-year plans again or whatever. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, this year, just get rid of everybody with an expiring contract. Maybe get rid of Tony. Um, just just get rid of old guys and get in young guys. Um, whether they're good or not, you know, whatever. You have young guys on rookie contracts. I would be all about anybody on a rookie contract I can get. And then this summer, see what kind of free agents are out there. Maybe you can sign somebody to a smaller deal, not try to get a big-name guy. Just Just pick up some pieces. So next year you have Mike Conley, you have Marcus Saul, you have Zebo probably coming off the bench. You've got young players who are on rookie deals who you maybe see what you got in some of them and maybe see if you can flip some of those for a big-name player during the year. And then next summer you try to sign somebody because that's a much deeper free agent class. And then so in the third year you've got Conley, you've got Gasol, you've got your kind of big free agent signing, and you've got young guys that you picked up this year and next year. You know, that's what I would do. I think if they're going to be strategic about it, they that's what they have to do. They're in three-year plan territory right now. I don't think they know that, you know? Yeah, they definitely – yeah, I'm for missing the, the playoffs. Obviously, you want to get the playoffs this year so you get your pick, but then you get a pick next year if you lose this year. You have the pick next year, right? So right. Uh, it may not be so bad to – to start moving things around and not being concerned whether or not your team is going to be successful this year because you got your season ticket sales done for this year. So who yeah, if you end up not finishing the year off right, then you know, you've already sold your tickets. Uh, you're doing all right on that end, but it's it's just tough because the Grizzlies lucked into the to this awesome team that they had. It, it took some luck. And yeah, it could happen again, but it's tougher to happen if you don't have any draft picks to work with. And yeah, well, look, Chris Wallace has never. This is the only good team that Chris Wallace has ever put together. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, that's true. So, and and we're sitting here talking about how he backed into it. So, um, 
you know, I, I think I mean, he that, made some. I mean, he made good decisions, like bringing yeah, in Tony Allen. Bringing in Tony Allen, great decision. But like the Zebo thing was sure. not supposed to be the Zebo <clears throat> thing. Gasol is not supposed to be an All Star initially. Nobody thought that at the time. So yeah, well, it's his mo, right? He yeah. takes gambles on players, and you saw that bringing Michael Beasley into training camp, right? Yeah. He just takes gambles on players. I like that. Sometimes, I like that strategy. Right. Yeah. I like yeah. that. It's it works. A, yeah, as a small market team, you need to do that. So bringing I, in Matt I, Barnes, that was a good. That was a gamble. It worked. You know, I, that's the kind of move that he's good at. But I, I've never seen any evidence for him that he can strategically come up with a plan for how to build a contending team. You know, that, and that's that's kind of what they need, right? And you, you need to blow it. The idea of blowing it up, though, you, the reason you say that is because you want to get better draft picks, and because you build well, you through the draft, right? That would be the yeah. Point. But if you do that right now, you're not. You would have to trade. You know, you would have to do something like trade Gasol to Boston, get your pick back, and get Boston's pick. You know, something yeah. like that. That's what it's going to take. I mean, you can't blow it up and rebuild around Conley and Gasol. Those two things are mutually exclusive. If you're blowing it up, you are trading right. Mike Conley you're and getting rid of deal, and you're getting rid of Gasol for draft picks. That's what it is. So if if that's what you mean by blow it up, that's that's what I'm, you're I'm never for blowing it up. I'd rather have, like let's try our luck with a Powell Gasol Mark Gasol combo because I do think Powell is the one one free agent slash trade that would come here and be happy and. It's something they could pull off. I think they could pull off a deal for Palasol. I think they could too. And Mark's always talked about wanting to play with him. I don't know if it would work, but you know they'd have fun. So whatever. It would it's be, be a, bad anyway. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to have a bad team, I want to see that for a little bit. Yeah. So. All right. So you're. Yeah, you're they, they, they have options. You're back on the show on uh, the first week of February. So where do you see the Grizzlies being? Are we still the Grizzlies? Are they still got a winning record? Is Jeff Green still on the team? It's still going to be two weeks before the trade deadline. I uh, two weeks before the trade deadline, three weeks from now, I give Jeff Green a sixty percent chance of being on the Grizzlies. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait! We're doing oh, Kevin love... Kevin Light percentages here. I, I, I didn't even have we his forecast some... music pulled up. Yeah, we need some weather well, music. We just started it. Sixty percent chance of Jeff Green being on the Grizzlies in three weeks. All right, so we're gonna yeah we're gonna have to get his his forecast music back from uh from the Beyond the Arc uh, forecast center. <laughs> Kevin Live saying sixty percent chance Jeff Green's still on it. That's the first Saturday of that's after the Super Bowl. The first the um Is yeah, isn't it before the Super Bowl? No, it's a day before the Super Bowl. Yeah, day before the Super Bowl. Super Bowl E. That's a, it's a late Super Bowl. Yeah, because it's the first the Super Bowl is what the first it's now the first Sunday in February. And the yeah, so you'll be back on the sixth. This is a Super Bowl E. So yeah, it's the seventh because the first Sunday is as far back as it can be. It's on the seventh for the Super Bowl. So we'll talk to you on Super Bowl Eve and see sixty percent chance. I think that's a pretty good chance. But anybody who's who's most likely besides him to move? Anybody? Well, I, you know, I think they're going to try to package Courtney and Jeff together just because that's more money. They can get somebody bigger back with that money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you may see them trying to deal Vince as well because he's his next year is a partial guarantee. Um, you know, Chalmers is. Chalmers is on an expiring deal too, but I think I think they're going to keep him um, just because you know they're still looking at making the playoffs as a six or seven seed, and you can't go into the playoffs without a back without a backup point guard. Knowing Mike Conley's injury history, you know I, they, I just don't think they're going to do that. So um, I just don't think know. it's a. I just I think the the fix is harder than it really is when you look at it. It's tough to fix where this team is headed. It really. It's tough because to, there's so many questions marks with Mike Conley. And yeah, I mean, you're going to need a new shooting guard. You're going to need a new starting shooting guard and power forward 
on your team, and you got and all the question forward. marks with your in small forward, and you got a question mark with your shooting guard. You got a center who's your best player. He's struggling, but I mean, he's the only thing. You know, you know him. You got a good backup point guard in Chalmers who could be your starter if you need him for a little bit. But it's, there's a lot of problems to fix. Yeah, you know, here's my here's the most depressing thing I'll say all day, and probably the most depressing thing I've said in weeks. I think the most likely scenario for next year for the Grizzlies is that they try to make they they pull what the Bucks pulled two years ago. They try to make the seventh seed, and they end up as like the third worst team in the league. I think that's the most from what I've seen. And if I had just had to go on my gut feel, I think that's what's going to happen next year. Oh, geez. I think they're going to try to make the sixth or seventh seed, and I think they're going to be terrible. Man, the beyond the arc radar not projecting a good <laughs> 365 day forecast here. Uh, I think it could that, I would be you, surprised if that, if that. I would be pleasantly surprised if that's not what happens. I do not want them making a trade that does not involve a draft pick coming back. Like that's, this, I think, like you've got to figure out a way. Like it's got to be the best trade. It's got to be somebody who is for sure going to do something for this team because otherwise, what you're talking about is what's going to happen, and that's going to be. Uh, just terrible. And it'd be more fun if you had Pal Gasol involved somehow. But other than that, it's just not going to be very exciting. All right, Life, we got to let you go. We'll talk to you in February. I'll see you at the game tonight and on Monday. All right, man. Y'all take it easy. All right. Uh, you can read his stuff, and uh, he won't be on the show the next two weeks, but you can listen to the Beyond the Arc podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes and listen to it on the Beyond the Arc blog on memphisflyer.com. All right, up next we're going to play the 901 News Quiz. 360-8255 is the phone number. 360-8255. If you want to play, now is the time to call in and be the contestant. That's 888-360-8255 or just 360-8255. The first caller will be our participant. We're giving away free coffee to Relevant Roasters, free Ease 24-hour cafe. We have a 901 collection shirt, among other prizes. So uh, stay tuned and give us a call, 360-8255. We have a three-hour action-packed edition of the program today. You're listening to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 in 87.7 FM.